0: Yo, the funny thing is, too, like, the writing was on the wall. Like, nobody's surprised by this, right? This wasn't something that came across your timeline, Woj Bomb, and you were like, they fired Jacques Vaughn, and then five hours later named Kevin Ali the interim, I'll be dead. Nobody was shocked about that. Nobody was shocked about that. Nobody was shocked about that. All of this was stuff that Nets fans have been saying for weeks, Right? Uh, I remember there was one game specifically where Dennis Smith Jr. was giving props to Kevin Ali. So I've seen multiple players give nods to Kevin Ali, and I've also seen static with players in the head coach, from Cam Thomas to Mikhail Bridges, and I know Mikhail Bridges says something. Alex, how are you feeling about everything? How are you feeling in general? I know I was a little sick. I'm still a little congested. I saw you at WFAN last night. You said you weren't feeling that great, but thanks for pulling up. I guess you're championing it out.
1: Yeah, I I think I just needed a good uh, good night's sleep, um, uh, so I'm feeling up for it. But um, I think this was a uh, the news yesterday was a good excuse to jump on. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, I I'm I I actually was surprised from the news. I didn't think the Nets had it in them to do it in the middle of the season, just because I believe they're still paying Steve Nash his contract, so. I think that I actually thought they were going to wait until the end of the season, um, just because the season's cooked. So I just thought they would just ride it out. Vaughn, um, I think, lost the locker room uh, in that Bucks game where he just uh, tanked, sort of tanked the game, I guess. And you know, it just didn't really make sense. You know, he played his players, and then they just rested the rest of the game. I don't know why that happened, but it just felt like there was a few players that had lost the locker room. Um, and, you know, the uh, Shams talked about it. Spencer Dinwiddie, Mikael Bridges, obviously, Dinwiddie not with the team anymore. But I'm glad that Mikael Bridges is speaking up on this. And he said it after the game against the Celtics. And funny enough, it was almost to the day that we gave Jacques Vaughn bon the contract extension. And I remember also last year, almost to the day we lost the Celtics by 50 last year too. And then the next day Kyrie requests a trade. So <laughs> last year we lost the Celtics by 50 Kyrie requests a trade this year. We lose the Celtics by 50 before the all-star break and Jaqueline gets fired. I wonder what happens the next year. So uh, yeah, I mean it, it, it's it's again, you you said it. I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I never celebrate a guy losing their job, but this was the right decision. Uh, Kevin Ollie can ride the ship, but I think there needs to be a, a significant coaching search r- starting now until the rest of uh, the beginning of next season. Yep. So I just hope that we can make the right decision. I I mean, we'll, we'll t- talk about any uh, p- possible candidates, but yeah, I mean, I, the one thing I uh, before I pass it on to CJ – the one thing I do know that will ha- that is cemented now with Jock Vaughn gone, Mikhail Bridges is 100% staying. You know, a lot of Nets fans thought that, you know, this these reports saying, you know, Mikhail Bridges is going to be, we're going to build around him as a as a piece of the team. A lot of people thought it was a, a lot of the, like, KD stuff where Woj kept saying, you know, KD won't leave, KD won't leave, and then he leaves it eventually. So... Now it's, like, 100% confirmed he's staying because the front offense listened to him. Um, but I'm glad that he stepped up and said that Jock Vaughn isn't the coach uh, to p- take this team forward. Woo! It's been a, uh,
0: <laughs> woo. It's been a crazy last 48 24 or 48 hours, and, you know, I'm hopping on the pop, a couple of unpopular opinions maybe, but I want to start by saying that I do think that Jock Vaughn, you know, at one point did have this locker room. I do think that Jock Vaughn is a class act. I mean, just from a reporter standpoint, you know, me, um, Evan, Brian, uh, Lucas, uh, Slater. I mean, he's been nothing but kind to all of us. And, you know, that's in the press conferences, you know, walking around the facility. If you catch him around the Barclays Center, Jock Vaughn's always been a class act and you know, I know that's rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way. Um, you know, it it, it it did give off a sense of complacency at times, but, and, you know, it did lead to him sometimes maybe saying the wrong things, but I do think that JaVon always had good intentions, not only, you know, for the people around him, but, you know, for his players in the front office, um, you know, And like I said, it's, it's never great. You know, the fans out there who are celebrating a man losing his job. I mean, that's, that's not the way to go about this. Um, But I do think it was time for the nets to go in a different direction because he did lose the locker room and it was, it was pretty clear. Um, You know, a lot of people point to that bucks game, but let me say this too. There was a lot of stuff in this whole situation that was out of Jacques control. You know, Jacques didn't probably, you know, Despite Ben Simmons's history. I know we said we wasn't gonna talk about Ben Simmons, but you know, despite Ben Simmons' history, how could he have anticipated the dude missing 38 games this year because of a pinch nerve in his lower back? Right. That's something he can't control. Um, you Should know, I anticipated that. <laughs> I knew. I would say all of the top eight guys, eight, nine guys, except for Mikael Bridges, who's appeared in every game this season, have missed significant times. I has missed significant time at one point or another this season. Um, with you know, Dayron Sharp and Cam John Cam Johnson being the two latest ones. I mean, that's what led to a lot of the you know inconsistent lineups, the mm-hmm. you know, musical chair starting lineups. Um and you know, this wasn't the roster that Jock thought he'd be coaching for the next three, four years anyway. This man thought he'd be coaching Kyrie Irving and and uh so Kevin. With a host of complimentary role players around them. Dude thought he'd be playing for championships. Fact. That situation fell apart to no fault of his own, from what I understand. That had nothing to do with Jacques. That had everything to do with, you know, Sean Marks, front office stuff, front office drama. You know what I'm saying? And even KD said himself, it's either Sean or me. They chose Sean. You know, I haven't been here long enough to have a great relationship with Sean, but you know, some of these patterns are starting to take hold. And I think it would be unfair for the fan base to, you know, make Jacques Vaughn the scapegoat. Even that December 27th game against the Bucks, it was heavily implied that that was a front office decision above his head. Could he have fought more, you know, the, the get have his guys out there if that's what he wanted, that's what they wanted? Maybe, right? But it was heavily implied that that was the decision above his head. So if that's the case, then, you know, why is he getting all the heat, right? And now, Jacques Vaughn didn't have to pay that $100,000 fine either. <laughs> <laughs> so then we now let's get into the, the negatives, right? The things that fans are frustrated with the, some of the late game decisions, um, you know, the inconsistent lineups, not having these guys like ready to play some nights, right. That, that, that is on him. You know, what was working through those first 30 games of the year, they were 15 and 15 and like what mid early December, somewhere around there, they were doing a lot of good things. Jacques had these boys moving the ball, um, they were knocking down threes. There is no clear number. I agree with that. You don't lose by fifty and keep your job, right? <laughs> I agree with that. But I'm just saying you got to give the man some benefit of the doubt. He inherited a Frankenstein's monster of a roster. You know that was stitched together after the tra- after the trades of those three stars, right? And the pieces that were bought back into the organization were some quality pieces, right? But to sit here and say that they fit together seamlessly is just not simply not true. Right. And earlier, early in the season, you know, the free for all approach that players that, you know, players reportedly aren't down with now, that's what was winning them games. They were moving the ball. They were knocking down threes. They're riding the hot hand. You know, they weren't an elite defensive team by any stretch of the imagination, but it was good enough. It was the effort was good enough to win games. When things went downhill is when, in order to overachieve as a team in the NBA, there has to be a certain level of effort and energy and buy-in on every single night. That same effort and energy that you saw over, you know, post all-star break last season when uh, Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson first joined the team. I mean, dude, them dudes were playing out of their minds, putting up career numbers. Everybody was feeling the vibes. Everyone wanted to play hard for Jock. But, you know, like we've said, though, at some point this season – he lost the locker room, right? And the front office knew that they want to still they must, they still want to get this team to the postseason somehow, right? And they knew that that would not be possible with Jock Vaughn at the helm, which in turn led to his dismissal.